0: Hello and welcome to Rigore, the Scottish-Italian football podcast. Uh, I'm Marco. And I'm Giancarlo, his long-suffering cousin. And thanks for joining us. It's the podcast where uh, a Venezia fan and a Fiorentina fan like to compete for who can be the most miserable. And I think this week... I don't know, it might just be you this week, because I'm kind of over the misery. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, yeah, and we're on a run of misery, the, yeah. the likes of which we haven't had before. So yeah, although, although the weekend losing to sort of league leaders or whatever wasn't disastrous, the previous two weekends or weeks, rounds of games, if you will, losing to Salernitana and then taking an absolute thump in off Udinese have seriously compromised what looked like fairly comfortable European yeah. qualification now is definitely very much up in the air and we're back to we're back to any three from from four we'll go into Europe really.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, I mean let's start with with your game against Milan because obviously that was a that was a big one in terms of the title race. Um especially after the Inter result. But both of those games featured some dubious goalkeeping, which could play a major part in the title race. Yeah, yeah, well, yes, indeed. I mean, it was a bit of a return to
1: form for for Fiorentina against Milan, really, after, after some terrible, terrible results before that. They played okay. I, I mean, I, I, I didn't think it was... Brilliant. I didn't think it was really quite as enterprising as Fiorentina have been. Uh, you know, when they played Napoli or other games, they've been a bit more adventurous. But understandably, having you know taken six goals off struggling sides, they were they were fearful. They were a mm-hmm. bit tentative. I thought, but they they more than held their own. And really, you know, it was a tale of two goalkeepers because yeah. about sort of seven or eight minutes before. Milan finally broke the deadlock. Mike Mignon had a great yeah. save off a bullet header from the bandaged up Arthur Cabral. Still bandaged, I don't know it's an interesting look he's going for because it wasn't in that game. It was from week before or whatever. But anyway,
0: it's uh, like the, it's it was like an amazing. These save. that always bandage their wrists or hands and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So. He's...
1: Maybe, I mean, he's not played particularly <laughs> well, though I don't know why I think I'd wish he'd take it off, maybe they got the header in, but it was a, it was a phenomenal save. It was sort of one of these cat like ones where he just instinct saved it and then it looked like he might have parried it into his own net, but he actually went up in the air and got back and saved it. Then at the other end, Pietro Terracciano, who's been good for, for Fiorentina all season without, you know, he's not a, well he's a big name in later town alone. <laughs> when um, a of but, but he, he does but he doesn't you know he doesn't he's not a, a globally renowned goalkeeper but he's certainly been a more solid option than um Dragovski, who you know dropped a bit of a clangor in the in the Italian cup and maybe it was you know maybe that's an infection there's an outbreak of it going round in serie a certainly and Terracciano, you know, the, the reason, one of the reasons he's ahead of Dragoski is because he's more confident playing out with his feet, but unfortunately for Fiorentina fans, he was maybe too <laughs> confident and it ended up gifting Rafael Leal the goal. You couldn't have any, you know, as a Fiorentina fan, you couldn't be, have too many complaints about the, the final outcome draw might have been fair enough, but equally, you know, Milan had their chances and just, you get that feeling with Milan that their their will to win, their desire now is so great, and in front of a nearly yeah. sold out San San Siro, you know it was it, these things. You know, once I'd got over the pain of it, you think, well, it's it's good for Italian football to see you know a, a San Siro packed like that for a, a a title showdown or whatever, and it it heaped the pressure back on Inter, who just about managed to to respond and keep this keep this race going right to the wire it was yeah, like yeah but
0: but the in the sort of catch up game that inter played um against bologna they they that's where they really hit the hit the banana peel I suppose when uh, there was you know Terraciano, okay gave the ball away but leo still had something to do but uh, ra- poor old dradu who was playing for handanovic for the first time in over a year i think or something had one of the worst clangers that I've seen in a long time. It it was awful. I mean, he almost passed it into his own net
1: mm-hmm. effectively. You know, it was it was disastrous, and it it's a shame. You know, the thing that seeing these days of like social media now, the the battering that these poor guys yeah. uh, t- take for a, for one mistake. I mean, especially a goalkeeper, where you know it, it's it's foot unfor- times have changed because if you look, there's a great. I think it's maybe on Twitter or somewhere. There's a great, it's like 1980s goalkeepers booting the ball and it's all they did was boot the ball. They don't they don't try to find anybody. There's no pretense mm-hmm. of, you know, I'll play this out, we'll keep possession. It's just kick it as far as you possibly, as you humanly can. And they swing their leg back behind their shoulder <laughs> and they fire it through up past the other shoulder and the ball goes flying. It was simpler times for a goalkeeper, you know, and, and if these two boys had been able to do that, um, especially Radu, as you see, you know, and he got, it was one of these things where, you know, it obviously looks great if you get the result, looks terrible if you don't. You've got a, you know, a long established goalkeeper on there, kind of sitting on the bench or whatever, who could have, you maybe risked them and, you know, certainly the, the risk. Looked like it would have been worth it because that certainly swung the pendulum. You know, that was the game we've been chatting about it a long time. That was the game yeah. in hand that, that that Inter had and should have really taken them, you know, back to the top of the table. But now they're playing catch up. And, you know, although all the things we've said about the, the strength of their squad, how good they look, etc, you know, it's, it's Milan's to lose now, really, because they are in the, they are in the box seat for
0: it and, and deserve it. It is. So. And- um, the only thing I would say is that Milan's remaining fixtures to me look trickier than, than Inter still albeit maybe more on paper than on current form but Verona away, Atalanta at home and Sassuolo away now, a few weeks ago I would have said those were all tough fixtures now actually I would probably say the Verona game the hardest one out of those three uh, yeah. just based on the form of those teams whereas Inter have um, uh, Empoli Cagliari and Sampdoria. so on paper they yeah. got the easier running. Yeah. Out, so. yeah, no, you're definitely right. And
1: those who older if there are older listeners will remember that Verona has not been a kind place to Milan historically to go to win a title mm-hmm. or whatever. Fatal Verona they caught I think there's at least a, a couple of times where a scudetto's been in the bag and they've gone there. To the Bentegodi, and it's it's all gone pear shaped. And you know, I was going to mention that really, Verona will probably be kicking themselves because they're in grand form, and they're only just outside that European race that we alluded to earlier. And they're certainly looking a better side than Fiorentina or Atalanta mm-hmm. on, on recent evidence. And you know, if just but for a a couple of you know mess ups, they could be right. And I mean, they still could, mm. you know, they still could be right in it, to be honest, because the, the, the form line for, for Atalanta and Fiorentina is pretty, pretty poor. Um, so, yeah, that is a big, that is a big test for, for Milan. You're right, the other ones certainly don't sound um, too difficult. I guess it always depends in Italy how how things shake down. In the final weeks, because you know in the same way you look on paper and you think, well Fiorentina got a tough run and they've got you know Juventus on the final day, but will Juve yeah. be playing for anything you know and and yeah, unfortunately, although not as much as it used to be, but nonetheless still in Italy, if you can get a team that's achieved their season's goals, I think that's always a nice thing to have in the bag um in the in the closing stages, so but yeah, that looks like. That looks like the toughest hurdle for Milan could potentially be um, upcoming at the weekend because Verona, you know, are a good team, and as I say, um, you know, there'd be, there'll certainly be still people in the in the Milan hierarchy who yeah. remember these these balls ups from from years ago. So there be there'll be a lot of. Finger crossing and praying because you know it's it's a it's a nice wee trip for them across the across the north of Italy to Verona for Formula and fans, but it might not be such a nice journey home if it if it doesn't pan but, out. But um,
0: speaking of the European play uh, race, obviously uh, the Rome clubs are are both very much in that race, and Lazio got an um, a very big win with. Uh, and it was a Cherby who's been getting a lot of stick that got them the winner in a sort of very topsy turvy four three away win to Spezia, but uh, not without its controversy. No, indeed. I mean, it's you know, we, <laughs> I
1: guess there's nothing you couldn't var. There is no technology could be invented that will stop controversy in Italian football, and so it's so it's proved to be. But this, uh, I mean, I think the referee and the VAR official have now been. Chucked for mm-hmm. the rest of the season on the on the basis of this, it, it was as if well there clearly was a lack of communication, but it was also as if they didn't actually know the offside <laughs> yeah, rule because the go the the goalkeeper had come so far out that you know it has to be two players between you and the bit it was as if they thought oh there's one defender there that's fine. But of course, it has to be two players, it doesn't matter. It's not the goalkeeper, specific, although it usually is the goalkeeper yeah. that's that's involved. But, you know, so this, having swung around from the ridiculous stuff about a Cherby when he, he got up laughing after the goal he, he conceded I mean, I, I, I saw that one at the time and I thought, you know, it, just, it, it looked to me like, you know, sort of almost hysterical laughter, I think, yeah. what could I do? You know, I fell, I fell on my bum and, you know it, it, there was no, uh, I don't I think only an idiot would think that he was laughing because his team had got beat, um, but there are quite a lot of idiots <laughs> out there, and then, and, and then you know, so how, how what a turnaround it should be him, but we've seen now Spezia in the role of so, sort of your favourite thing, the little team hard done by, by the big boys complaining about mm-hmm. it. As I say, the, the ref and the, the VAR official have been binned for it. I, the, the latest I read was that uh, they thought the ref might have heard an okay that never actually came. And, you know, then there seemed to be a rush, you know, there's obviously, there's yeah. a time frame from, in which, in which the, 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 the VAR official can see, look, you might want to have a look at that. Um, and, and unfortunately, for whatever reason, uh, the conspiracy theorists will say because Claudio Lotito, I don't know, hacked into the to the VAR system, or because there's, certainly Jose Mourinho, I think, has sort of poured uh, in his yes. usual style has has fanned those flames by um, saying that you know twenty two years or whatever, and they still can't get these, they still can't get VAR, still can't get these decisions right or whatever. Uh, I did love Lazio's response to that, which. It attempted to take the higher ground. I, I, I liked that. It said, you know, we don't comment on a uh, match official decisions, but look back at these <laughs> match official decisions from earlier in the season. So, you know, it was almost, they were almost on the brink of taking the higher ground, but then they, then they failed and, and just in typical Italian fashion. But it was, um, you know, the, the original, but it's, it's a shame when, you know, these things get clouded by Terrible decisions, and and you're right. You've you've said it long and loud on this podcast many times that the standard of officiating is not great, and this was just another example of it being totally gobsmacking. Yeah, awful, I mean,
0: really. I just like I don't understand how VAR could not stop something like that. That's the thing. But anyway, what 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 can you do now? Turning to the bottom half of the table, um. Salernitana, as we record this, they've just finished the game against Atalanta, and so continue their their run of form. We we did a little poll on Twitter um, about which of the bottom four would stay up, and Salernitana won that um, ahead of Cagliari, which I think is probably right. To me, they just they've got the momentum, they've got uh, a bit about them. It looks to me, whereas the other three, although we'll come on to Venezia shortly, but the other three just look terrible, like Cagliari and Genoa. I mean, and I say this as a Venezia fan, we are rubbish. So I'm I'm putting that there first. But Cagliari and Genoa are awful, as far as I can tell. I've watched them a few times, and I just can't see how they're going to survive. Cagliari, I see, have now today um, sacked Matsari. Got the Primavera coach in. Wonder where they got that idea from. <laughs> and uh, in a desperate attempt to to stay up, but I don't know how. How do you see it? Do you think Salernitana are going to do it? Yeah,
1: you know, well, I watched. It wasn't a great watch, but I watched the Atalanta Salernitana game, and and you know that they, they they played a decent, organised game, which is more than you could see about about Genoa. Obviously, they, they, they had their Disaster in the in the derby at the at, at the weekend and 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 then you know I mean Cagliari, apart from Joe Pedro there's there's nothing much to them as well whereas you know Salernitana at the moment they've got Verdi playing very well they've got a good organisation the boy Ederson in the midfield they they look like a. Cohesive unit, which is surprising given the you know the number of new players they brought in in the January window. But whatever Nicola's done has got them, and you know they were—I mean, I would say borderline unlucky against Atalanta. They got their goal again; it was decent move, and then they were—they were organised. Eventually, I think Atalanta's quality told, and it was a nice—it was a nice equaliser, and they might have gone on to win it. But Atalanta just don't look they're Mm -hmm. a shadow of the team that they've been really that, that kind of organized marauding football that they had just for whatever reason, you know, a bit personnel, a bit just cycles come to an end, a bit, you know, I don't know. Gasperini's lost what magic he had. I don't. I don't know. They they weren't great, but certainly, you know, I think probably they'd have been good enough to beat any of the other three that were in the that are in the relegation battle. Whereas Salernitana presented them with a problem that they couldn't they they couldn't
0: unravel. Now really. the only thing for Salernitana is that they've got a, a game against us. the the the, the game that will never be played, it, it seemed to be, but it is being played on Thursday because, surprise, surprise, uh, Venezia's latest appeal was was um, uh, not allowed today. So, um, it, yeah, it's a big game. I've spoken before, I think I said it on the last episode, that I'd quite like whatever happens to us to take salernitana Tana down with us, and that's just a bitter Venezia fan uh, talking from past encounters with Salernitana, But but um, we obviously also sacked Zanetti uh, last week, and I just wanted to sort of pay tribute to him because he did perform a miracle in getting us promoted last season. Um, he put to get, pulled together a team of very diverse players from all over the world uh, that he was given and, and made us a cohesive unit uh, and something went wrong around Christmas time this year and I'm not entirely sure what it is but he kind of alluded to it in his statement that he gave after the sacking that something has gone has broken behind the scenes and we don't know exactly what it is um which is a shame and it's a shame because I think he is a good coach and I think I see Parma interested in him I think he'll do well there if he goes there so I was sad to see him go but Sometimes you do need to get rid of the manager to give yourself a bit of a a spur. And I think against Juve, we did have our best performance in a long time. Adam, we've scored a cracking goal. And um, with a bit of luck, we could have got something from that game. So I'm not expecting us to do anything miraculous. But if we could beat Selenny on Thursday, then, then I would take that, definitely. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I watched, uh, I watched most of the,
1: most of the game, um, the, the U V against Venezia. It was, it was, it was typical U V, really. That it was, you know, they didn't seem to do any great shakes, but they got themselves ahead. But then, you no, know, Venezia created more chances than I've seen them create mm-hmm. in most games, really, actually. And and yeah, that was a, that was a belter of a goal that. Aramu scored, it was nice. I hope he'll be scoring those in purple next season. Um, But, you know, no, he he did. And then, but then, Sod's Law, UV go up the other end get a, get a goal again and, and the good work's undone. So, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I like, I, I think I was going to say this, um, I like to see a man with a consonant at the end of yes. his name in charge at Venezia. So I, I feel that, you know, you know, like sort of Bilbao only have people yeah. from the, the Basque region or whatever. I think that should be for the future of <laughs> Venezia. I would say if your name ends in a vowel, you shouldn't be part of the Venezia team. They should make it a, a sort of point of principle that really your name needs to end in O-N or I-N or whatever to um, to to get in the team and, and and build it around. at least the core yeah. of the side anyway should should have should have that should have that too but I mean I, yeah I, loyalty is such a, a rare thing in football now you know and it's a I saw that the 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 curve or whatever mm-hmm. your most kind of loyal fans did say you know we don't forget and I think that's that's a nice touch because you know it was a major achievement to get Venezia up and we've discussed it before, sometimes you wonder, you know, be careful what you wish for, because would you really want this season of pain? You know, you, all the joy of getting to Serie A, but then it's torture yeah. to be there kind of thing. It's nice to win games sometimes as well, but, you know, good on him. But, you know, you know, from what I saw, Venezia could certainly, you know, have some it's just, goals as a chronic yeah problem and I think you know it it will probably come down on Thursday night to to who scores
0: first and if it's if it's not if it's not Vinatia it's it could yeah that that, that's I mean that's been the story certainly in the second half of the season if we concede a goal then that's basically game over unfortunately because we can't we definitely can't (laughs) score two I don't know if we beat Salernitana, got Cagliari on the last day of the season is it still on let's pretend it is. Let's pretend the dream is still yeah, alive.
1: Yeah, 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 until, you know, until, well, you know, as a Queen of the South fan, we we dreamed on till, till you know, we, we got, it, it, was, it was all the more brutal that it Disappeared in sort of the 87th minute again, the penultimate game of the season. So, you know, it, it can, it can be done, but that, that, that's the, uh, the, the make or break one. It feels like, I mean, it feels like we've talked about it. Yeah, I know, exactly. We'll yeah. this but that's because everyone's been
0: losing. Game. No one wanted to stay up, as we've discussed
1: yeah, before. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you know, this game, this mythical game that would it ever yeah. be played, it will actually be played. So, I mean, please tune in to to watch that game on
0: on Thursday at five
1: o'clock because, you know, it it will actually happen. And
0: uh, it'll be the first time Venezia score more than one goal in a game. I'm predicting it now. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, thanks very much. And uh, we will be back, obviously, in our usual Monday slot next week. Uh, So enjoy the games and we'll see you next week. See you, everyone.